Life's essentials, sometimes overlooked, sometimes taken for granted. Let's not do that. Next on this episode of the Gratitude Journal podcast. This is the Gratitude Journal podcast. Welcome back, lovers of life, purveyors of fine things, and uh, people who appreciate uh, whatever you appreciate. And hopefully it's this podcast from time to time. Matthew here on an otherwise gloomy, overcast, rainy, chilly Friday here in Northeast Ohio. We are merely two days before we have to turn the clocks back, which everybody hates, and a mere five days or so away from finding out who will be the next occupant in the Oval Office. So, no political discussions this morning. The real uh, topic of discussion is the fact that it has been just raining here constantly. I mean, just sort of an off and on, I don't want to call it a deluge because that would, you know, that would cast dispersions really on our neighbors in the South who have been experiencing yet another hurricane. But I will say that the sun pretty much has gone on a hiatus, you know, for most of the middle to the latter half of the month of October. Now, that's not completely uncommon here, but, you know, after a while, it just kind of gets to you. And the fact that really the leaves are pretty much 75% down, no one's really riding around looking at leaves anymore. We're just waiting for like some windstorm to blow in and to just take care of the ones that are on the trees so we can get our butts out there and, you know, rake and take care of them. Now, in our neighborhood, I think I mentioned this before. Our city actually comes by with the big, you know, leaf sucker upper. But really, we have about two more weeks before our particular ward is scheduled for leaf sucking upping. And so I really haven't had a chance to go out there, you know, to deal with the leaves. But I hate wet leaves. I hate them. You know, you slip on them and you really, I mean, you can rake them, but it takes extra strength and you know i'm an old fart and you know this uh you know this impacts me and you clearly can't use the leaf blower and we're just in that weird situation where your yard looks crummy the house looks crummy it just looks like nobody lives here and we just have to deal with it so that's kind of what's happening here you know we just have had just a lack of sun and everyone's complaining about it. And now there's like uh, even more of a, you know, of a, a pull over the land because as I mentioned in a couple of days, we're going to turn the clocks back. And that means by, you know, quarter after five, it'll start being pretty dark. You won't be able to see in front of you. People can't go to the park after work. I mean, it's just one of those time periods that are really odd and strange. You know, we're trying to prepare, waiting for the inevitable. And yours truly did that, you know, a couple of weeks ago when I had some time on a Saturday and I figured, you know what, I'm just going to get the snow shovels out. So I put a snow shovel on the front porch. I put a snow shovel on the back deck and we were in that uh, mood to paint our porch and deck. And we finally got that done, but it was in between, you know, rain showers and cold and making sure the temperature was above 50 and all this stuff. But I also put my sand out because there are ice patches on the front porch that we have a sort of a roof overhang. And when that water drips and freezes, 
you know, you can't really put de-icer on wood, so I have sand for that. And then I have my de-icer, and I have all those on the front porch in case I have to go out. So I'm trying to prepare. I'm trying to prepare. And the one thing I haven't done, which I need to do, and I need to do this today, is I need to find new windshield wipers for my car. They're horrible. They're a mess. I drove to the restaurant, you know, all week, and it was just... um you know, they just weren't doing their job. And I kept reminding myself, I've got to go in and do that. And the only reason I like going to this one place is because normally when you buy the windshield wiper refills, they kind of put them on for you or they offer to. And I always take them up on it because I'm horrible at it. I always mess it up. I can never get it right. And so I have to remind myself to do that today. So in the midst of basically crummy weather, haven't really been feeling all that well. Um, I'm concentrating on just a couple of things that maybe just kind of get overlooked. You know, life's essentials, things that you kind of take for granted. And especially having to have worked at the restaurant for the last several days. And, you know, gearing up, masking up, feeling nervous, um, having people tell me you shouldn't do that. And then other people calling in saying, you know, we could really use you. I mean, can you, can you just come out like for a couple of hours? And of course, that couple of hours stretches into several more hours. But I pull into the parking lot. I sit in my car. I take deep breaths. I say, okay, I'm going to do everything I can to protect myself and protect Donna. And, you know, now I'm on a 14-day quarantine to visit my parents. So I can't do that for the next couple of weeks. And, you know, I take... Uh, Ah, you know, trying to gear myself up for walking in there and dealing with people who just are committed. You know, they just have to have their pizza. So um, I did it. I have two more days of it. It wasn't fun, but I said I was going to help and I did. So I have two more days next week. And then by Friday of next week, after that particular shift, that's my last one, I can set my 14-day quarantine counter, and then that will allow me at least some reprieve from the guilt I feel about walking into my parents' apartment with a mask on. At least I'll know that in two weeks, if I still feel okay, I mean, even though I may be asymptomatic, I have to bring them stuff and, um, you know... M- care for their needs and i try to do that quickly and not hover and i'll feel better once the 14-day quarantine is over when we were living in pittsburgh back in the early 2000s i was outside dealing with leaves, (laughs) leftover leaves, because we had already had a couple of snowfalls and it was getting colder. And I started to smell gas. And so, you know, as a homeowner, I'm not the most knowledgeable homeowner. I mean, I, I owned homes, but I'm really kind of like the worst at it. I mean, someone will say, was your furnace gas, heat, or electric? I mean, I really have to think about it. You know, I don't know these things. It's, you know, I have a couple of uh, electrical sockets that need replaced in this house, and and I have to watch a YouTube video. I don't know how to do it. I'm I'm deathly afraid of electricity. I have this innate fear of getting tossed across the room if I touch two wires together. So I'm not the greatest homeowner, but this smell obviously was unnerving. 
And so I said to my neighbor, hey, I'm not supposed to be smelling gas, am I? And he kind of looked at me like, are you freaking nuts? So I had to call the gas company. I said, hey, I have this gas leak. And so anyway, to make a long story short, in the span of three days, from the time I called to the time they finally sent a crew out, we had had this cold front move in. I mean, like Alberta Clipper cold front. And on the first day, it dumped about 12 inches of snow on the ground. And then on top of that, it was frozen over. And so the gas people came out and they turned off the gas because they were going to send a crew out to replace this line from the house to the street. Well, they didn't plan on this Alberta Clipper coming in. And so we were sitting in our house and they said, well, listen, you know, we're going to have this crew come out and it's going to get a little cold, but uh, they'll be out to replace that and then we'll fire your furnace back up again. Well, that was maybe like at 7.30 in the morning. Well, the temperature continued to drop through the afternoon. I didn't hear from anybody. And so finally, at about 2 in the afternoon, the house had actually cooled down to about 55 degrees. So, you know, we were getting pretty cold. And finally, this crew shows up, like late in the afternoon. And let's picture the scene here. It's It's about nine degrees outside there are at least 10 to 12 inches of snow on the ground they have to find the gas line you know make a path actually dig out the yard to replace the gas line piece and then um you know hook things back up so that we can turn the furnace on and have heat in the house these guys were absolutely saints. I mean, these guys who were standing out there with their four or five hoodies, you know, on their body with multiple pairs of gloves, you know, trying to dig in, you know, to this now solid, you know, almost foot of snow to try to get to this line. They couldn't, they didn't know exactly where it was. And I just felt so bad. I mean, I was freezing. We were both huddled in blankets. We're standing near the window watching them do their thing. The sun is setting now because the clocks have been turned back and it's getting colder. And so we looked at our uh, temperature gauge on the back deck and it said four degrees. So it's four degrees outside. And these guys are like digging through the snow trying to get to this line. So I'm making tea and I'm taking it out in red solo cups and I'm, I'm bringing them tea. And they're like, oh, man, that's great. This tastes great. You know, I'm like, are you guys making any progress? I mean, as I'm talking, my lips are freezing together. I can't believe they're actually standing out there doing this. And all I wanted them to do is to respond quickly so I can get back into the cold house. I mean, that's that's how it was. It was horrible. So anyway, they finally found this line and they finally replaced the piece. And at about a quarter of one in the morning, the main guy who was heading that crew, you know, came into the house and he turned on the furnace and he was just standing there. I mean, like literally he was shaking from head to toe. And I said, I feel so bad for you. And he's like, oh, you know, this is this this is the job this is the job i i just really want to make sure that that you guys have heat and and i just want to go the hell home and i said yeah yeah i get it and you know so finally it all worked out but this morning when i got up and the floor was a little chilly and i marched over to my thermostat and a thermostat i replaced several weeks ago 
by the way, okay? Don and I both, cha-ching, success, goal reached, Mr. Homeowner. Um, I bopped it up a notch just to make to take the chill off. And I thought about that day in Pittsburgh, and I said, you know, I am very, very grateful. Even though I dislike winter more and more every year, I'm grateful for this heat. It was about 10 years ago that we were visiting Donna's son in Nashville, and it was right in the middle of the summer. And if you've ever lived in the Southeast, you know that summers can be pretty murderous as far as heat and humidity, especially humidity. And, I mean, summers are, can be torturous anywhere. I mean, I've been in downtown Chicago before, and some of the summers are almost unbearable. So, you know, that happens everywhere. But in particular, in the southeast, it just tends to be more aggravating. And we were visiting Donna's son, and I was in one of those moods where I needed to go out for a run. I was part of my workout routine was, was running. And... So I modified my goal and I said, you know what, I'm going to go for what I would call a power walk and I'm just going to walk very briskly. I'm going to get my exercise in. And they were all like, why are you going to do that today? It's like, it's like 96 degrees. It's, it's like, you know, 95% humidity. I mean, it's just crazy. And I'm thinking, well, no, we're, we're on a hill and, you know, I feel a little bit of breeze and I, I think I'm going to be okay. I think I'm going to be all right. And, you know, I got my workout togs on and I started to walk, walk briskly around the neighborhood. And so I'm walking past people. They're sitting outside, you know, consuming, you know, sangria or whatever they're drinking, kind of nodding at me, thinking to themselves, this guy's an idiot. He's out, you know, power walking in 96 degree weather. But I didn't think anything of it. I thought, oh, I'm tough. I can do this. This is great. I just, I like, I like to sweat. You know, I like to perspire and work out and this is going to be great. And so I got about halfway uh, around the route that I've gone before and I sort of got lost. Like I, I misdiagnosed my route to go to my sort of halfway point and then make my way back to the house. I mean, we hadn't really visited all that many times, and but I thought I was more familiar with the area as it turns out I wasn't. And so I started to walk even more briskly to make sure that I would get myself out of unfamiliar surroundings and move myself into familiar surroundings. Well, it wasn't happening. And the heat was actually starting to get to me a little bit, but I didn't want to admit to myself that it was getting to me. So about 20 minutes later, when I realized that I still wasn't recognizing the street where I needed to be, I thought, well, I'm going to sort of backtrack and maybe I can just backtrack my way and I will recognize it. Because generally, as a rule, I think I'm pretty good about recognizing kind of where I am. You know, I need to go out of this allotment, turn left, turn. Is that what I did? Yeah, that's exactly what I did. And then I'm usually pretty good about figuring these things out. Like I'm on, on my own GPS sometimes. But on that particular day, I was not a very good GPS. And I actually started feeling a little bit dizzy. 
And I took that to be somewhat of a warning sign. And my throat and my lips were becoming kind of dry and parched. I had taken no water with me, and which was completely asinine, because I thought I knew what I needed to do. And so I started to think about asking somebody where I was and how I needed to get back to Fox Run Circle. But nobody was out. I mean, no one in their right mind because they had air conditioning in their house and why would you sit outside in 96-degree weather? So the dampness and perspiration that was on my shirt and my shorts was actually starting to feel kind of cool and led me to believe that I was starting to feel a little bit of heat stroke maybe. And I started to feel sort of dizzy and then I started to kind of worry. And I thought, do I just like walk up to someone's house and and knock on the door and ask? And then I thought, if I knock on someone's door and ask, I'm going to ask for some water because I'm feeling pretty badly. I saw somebody who looked at me as they were going into their garage and I started to talk and then they went into the garage and they closed the door. So I walked several more feet and I thought to myself, okay, if I pass out on this street, who's going to know who I am? I have no identification with me. I don't have a wallet with me. Nobody knows who I am. Nobody in the neighborhood knows who I am. Nobody knows where I'm staying. I'm like dead man walking for the most part. And it was right at the point where I could no longer really figure out how to decide what to do. I couldn't scream out loud. I thought about walking to the next person's front door And I thought about how hard my head was going to hit the pavement when I fell over. And all of a sudden, I saw a small sign on a small church. It was this little church sort of off a side road. And I remembered that sign on the route coming in one time. It wasn't the main route. But we went to the store once, and and Kenny drove us in this sort of side route and came back sort of the back way. And I kind of remembered that route. And so I managed to almost crawl. I wasn't crawling, but I was walking very slowly. And about every 20 feet or so, I would stop and and sort of bend over and try to like get my breath because now I was kind of struggling to breathe. It was so humid. And I finally managed to sort of get back to these sort of back roads and become familiar with where I needed to be. And I remember walking onto the front porch when I finally got home. And Of course, the doors and windows were locked up because there was air conditioning inside. And I sort of like pounded on the door and I hit the doorbell and Jen answered the door. And all I could say was water. And they all like rushed out, you know, are you all right? Are you all right? And, you know, it took several hours for me to kind of get back to normal. But 
I, I'm in my studio this morning and I'm just reaching over to my left and I'm grabbing my big orange cup of water. And what I wouldn't have given to have this with me on that day, what I wouldn't have given for someone to just see me out on the road and run out with a bottle of water and how thankful and grateful I was that I finally made it to that porch, that I was able to drink water, that I didn't like die in the suburbs of Nashville somewhere. Not that that would have been a bad thing necessarily, but I certainly didn't want to die that day. And I'm just really grateful for... Mm. Water. I'm also grateful for an email that I got this week. I didn't have a particularly great week this week. And I'll maybe use another podcast to go into it. Um, It deals with other sort of philosophical issues that have just been plaguing me lately. Um, It deals with some hopes and expectations I had relative to the business that either aren't going to materialize or haven't materialized yet. It was just one of those times where I was just feeling underappreciated and I just was having kind of a kind of day. And then I got this email from the Alzheimer's Association. Now, normally the Alzheimer's Association, while I certainly support them because of our current condition, they, like a lot of nonprofits and like a lot of organizations, send a lot of emails and letters and literature to get you to donate or pass it on to others to donate. I mean, they're just searching for money a lot and it kind of wears on one sometimes. And so when I see these emails, I sometimes have a tendency to kind of very, very casually look at them, but I really don't read them per se. I just sort of delete them. Okay. But this one I didn't delete. And I'm glad I didn't because I won't read the whole thing to you. But it says, On November 6th, a Food and Drug Administration Advisory Committee is meeting to review clinical trial data for a new drug developed for treating cognitive and functional decline in early Alzheimer's disease. Given the devastating toll of the disease and the publicly released research data, the Alzheimer's Association has submitted a statement supporting approval to the FDA Advisory Committee, which will make its recommendation to the FDA. Whatever the final decision by the FDA, this is an important moment. We have never before been this close to approval of a drug for Alzheimer's that could change the progression of the disease and not just the symptoms. I've been forwarding this email to people. I've been posting it on social media platforms. And perhaps it's just wishful thinking. But I was very grateful for that email. And when I think of life's essentials, I'm including this in it. Because anything that's positive for the destruction of this horrible disease is a win in my book. And so I'm going to take this information and 
and I'm going to let it uplift me and I'm just going to believe that it's going to happen because it would be amazing if it could actually become true. And I'm very grateful for that. So I guess it goes without saying that we should be grateful for life's essentials. The things, the, you know, the building blocks, the things that we oftentimes take for granted. And we have to remind ourselves how fortunate we are to have air to breathe and we're not on a ventilator and that we have water to drink and it's clean and that we have heat, especially in an upcoming winter. Or to have air conditioning in a way to give ourselves reprieve from intense heat. All these life's essentials that we sometimes take for granted and that we really have to be grateful for. I hope you have a great week. And I also thank you for continuing to download and listen, especially to this episode of the Gratitude Journal Podcast.